This is a wonderful time of the church's year. Some people call this the greater 40 days, the Lent, the 40 days leading up to Easter, and now another 40 days leading up to Ascension Day. And then 10 days later, that wonderful feast of, of Pentecost. These readings in our lectionary are different from other times in the year. We don't have an Old Testament reading apart from the psalm. Instead, we're reading snippets from the Acts of the Apostles after Pentecost, uh, looking at the life of the early church, seeing some of the things that they were saying and, and doing in the, the power of God's wonderful uh, Holy Spirit. The Gospel readings for the next few weeks are all talking about different appearances of Jesus after his uh, death and, and resurrection. But all the readings this morning are centred on Jesus. They're all about Jesus. And this is as it should be because in my simple understanding of the Christian faith, Christianity is all about Jesus, all about him and the things that God has done for us through Jesus. Just very briefly looking at a, a couple of points from the, the first three readings and a little bit later on a little bit more uh, perhaps on, on the gospel, but the Acts reading, the Jewish high priests had brought the apostles in and questioned them. It was a long continuing series of arrests and, and releases and things and they said three things. First of all, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. And they disobeyed those very strict orders. They were found in the temple preaching, talking about Jesus. And the second one, they said, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. So after Pentecost, it was pretty powerful preaching. As I was reading this through and thinking about it, I was just wondering whether we filled the... We're being a town centre with a talk about Jesus uh, over Holy Week and Easter uh, or not. And then the third thing the uh, council was saying to the apostles was, you are determined to bring this man's blood, this man's death on us. A bit of a guilty conscience, I think, there, and the, but that was what they said. And then Peter and the apostles answered these accusations. They said, we must obey God rather than any human authority. What a reply. We must obey God rather than any human authority. There are countries throughout the world where laws are being made, and I think Australia is beginning to join them. Government laws are made which are different to what we believe as Christians. And the time may come when we have to say, as these apostles did, we must obey God rather than mankind. The preaching of the early church was very simple it stuck very strictly to three little rules, but differently in, in different places right out uh, through the, the Acts of the Apostles. 
I think I'll just move on to the psalm. From there, I've lost my, my thought. The psalm, again, is talking about, about Jesus. Uh, verse 21, I thank you to have answered me, become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief, chief cornerstone. That's Jesus. This is the Lord's doing. And then blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's, of course, the Palm Sunday uh, cry that, that we heard. And then you are my God, in verse 28, and I will give thanks to you. Then again, very briefly, Revelation, the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, the past, the, the present and, and the future, and from Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say he is the faithful witness. He is the firstborn from the dead. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. He loves us and he's freed us from our sins by his death and, and resurrection. And then it goes on, just the last part of that little reading, verse 7. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. This is Jesus' second coming, not quietly in a little remote village in an obscure corner of a mighty empire, but he's coming with power and great glory and will be seen on the, the clouds of heaven. Everyone will see him. The gospel is the part that I'd like to just spend a few more minutes thinking about. We're going to... Um, have it on the, the screen, I hope, so you can... Oh, it is there. Sorry, I haven't got my... my uh, can't... So all these modern goings-on. Uh, there, there's an iPad. <laughs> when it was evening on that day, the doors of the house where the disciples were met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus had been crucified, killed, murdered, if you like to use that word, and the disciples, obviously, wow, they've done that to him. What are they going to do us? We're next on, on the list. The atmosphere in wherever that room was, desperation, fear, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you the one thing that wasn't present in that room until he came, the one thing those disciples didn't have was peace. And he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. I think it would have taken quite a long time for them to change from being so frightened into being people who rejoiced in the presence of the Lord. But when Jesus comes into any situation in our lives today, the whole situation changes. The atmosphere changes. It doesn't mean that the problems all go away and are solved instantly. But that situation changes because he is there with us. In this particular part of Acts, he, according to, Saint jo to John, 
at least the Gospel according to St. John. This is his, St. John's Pentecost. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said them this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And there's a play on words there with the Greek word pneuma, which we translate as wind or, or breath or air or, or spirit. So he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. And those words are words that are used at the ordination of every Anglican priest. The bishop puts his hands on the head and says, receive the Holy Spirit for the office and work of a priest in the church of God. Whosoever sins, and goes on quoting from this particular part of St. John's Gospel. There's a second paragraph here quite different. A week has passed. Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And that disciple with the, the lovely name gets all upset. It, it just seems out of character for anybody. One of the ones who'd followed Jesus for those three years, seen his miracles, heard his talking to get so upset but he says unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands put my finger in the mark of the nails I will not believe angry words well the explanation comes in the next paragraph a week later which is today this is the week after Easter day the disciples were in the house and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came. And when Jesus comes, things happen. He stood among them and exactly as he said before, peace be with you. And then he talks directly to Thomas, not to the, the others, directly to Thomas. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Now, we don't know whether Thomas did those things or not. I, personally, I think he, he didn't, that seeing Jesus was quite enough. But how did Jesus know that that was what Thomas said sometime during that previous week? He wasn't with them. He couldn't see them. They couldn't hear him, they couldn't touch him. Yet somehow, he was there present with them. And my pet heresy for this morning is that perhaps he was beginning to teach them that whether we see him, touch him, hear him or not, he is present with us. This comes out, of course, after the Ascension and, uh, and, and Pentecost. And then Thomas answers, and it's a very personal answer. He's not answering on behalf of all the other that were gathered there. He's answering for himself personally, this personal relationship that's so important for each of us to have with Jesus. He says, 
my Lord and my God. You could almost feel it sort of torn from him. There's nothing else that could be said. He'd seen Jesus alive after his death. People don't ever survive Roman crucifixion. And here was Jesus alive, present with them and saying, peace be with you. And then Jesus goes on to say, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet have come to believe. And that's us. We're blessed. Thomas believed because he'd seen Jesus. We believe even though we haven't seen him in physical form. And we believe that he's present with us now at this very moment in, in this place. In the last couple of verses of this gospel reading, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which were not written in this book, but these are written that you and me, you and I, <laughs> may come uh, to believe. And what do we believe? Well, here it is. One, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. Two, he's the Son of God, our Saviour. And three, that though through believing in him we might have life in his name. What we believe is, is very, very important. And as I read that through and found that word believe there twice, repetition for emphasis, twice in that last little sentence, I was reminded of another phrase that has believe in it, probably the most quoted of all the phrases in, in our scripture. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What we believe about Jesus at Easter time, what we believe about him not just when we're in church but when we're away, what we believe when we ask him to come into our lives, when we have some particular situation, ask him to breathe his peace and love and power into that situation. What we believe is so very, very important to our Christian growth, our spiritual life. This was written that we might come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah he is the Son of God, and through believing, we may have life in his wonderful name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.